Well, hello everyone, Coach Megan here and welcome to this episode of the Powerhouse Podcast. Today, we're going to be diving in, talking about the road. I know it's punny, R-H-O-D-E, like my new last name, Rhodes, the road to recovery, how I survived and thrived after an eating disorder. So you'll definitely want to check out this episode. Um, One in three women, I believe, actually struggle with an eating disorder at some point in their life and men do too. So I'm going to walk you guys through Um, really just how I got through this journey over the past 10 years and how I've been able to have a healthy relationship with kind of mind, body, spirit, putting it all together. And so uh, with that, let's get into it, y'all. Welcome to the Powerhouse Podcast, hosted by sisters, former Miss Nebraskas and a Miss Nebraska USA, and expert coaches, Ali Swanson-Mancuso and Megan Swanson-Rhodes. Every Tuesday, we bring you a life-changing, challenging, and activating episode to help high-achieving women win their pageants, massively transform their mindsets, and dominate all aspects of life, including elements both inside and what most consider traditionally as areas outside of pageantry. Allie and Megan coach high-achieving women in all 50 states and beyond, and live to see women conquer their dreams. If you're not already part of our Powerhouse Club, join the fastest-growing group of winning pageant queens on the planet, linked in the show notes every single week. Now, let's get on to this week's episode. Okay, so getting right into it, um, it all started at 19 when I moved 12 hours away from home in Nashville, Tennessee, where I was um, pursuing music. And um, all of a sudden, I was a very little fish in a very large pond. You know, a lot of you guys know that I'm a musician. In addition to being an entrepreneur, you can see my guitar over there if you guys are watching this episode of the podcast on YouTube. And um, it was a really, really tough time because I was used to being the all-star my entire life, even though I went to a really large high school um, and got a lot of recognition there and was literally the lead in everything. When you move to Nashville, (laughs) it's a rude awakening. And I'm very grateful that I went to college there because I can't imagine trying to make it in the music industry without um, an initial sense of support and community. I had wonderful teachers, you know, all of that. But what I didn't know was that at the end of the year, I certainly gained the freshman 15, (laughs) definitely. And uh, I got home and didn't realize that I had binge eating disorder. And, uh, you know, this is, gosh, over 10 years ago now. It's 11 years ago when I started college. And I feel like eating disorders weren't talked about as much as they are today because we didn't have Instagram. You know, Instagram started in 2012. And so when I went to college in 2011, there just wasn't the dissemination of knowledge um, like like it is today. And we pretty much had Facebook. Isn't that crazy to think about? (laughs) Like just 11 years ago, the Instagram, TikTok, all these different things totally didn't exist. That's wild. But, and I'm not that old. Okay. I'm not even 30 yet. (laughs) So anyways, um, I got home and as every one of you have probably heard, unless you're new to the podcast. And if you are, hello, um, I'm coach Megan. (laughs) If you are, um, new or if you're not, you've heard my story and It's when my mom marched me into her room when I was 19 and told me to look myself in the eyes in her mirror and tell myself I was beautiful. And I couldn't do it. I hated everything about myself. I, even though I was talented, I was getting straight A's on the outside. Everything looked like it was perfect. I hated who I was. And it drastically affected the whole first year of my college experience. I was lonely and I didn't know how to take the emotions that I was feeling and live with a sense of control. And so the control that I manifested that in was overeating. And um, it is so incredibly common 
what's really hard is that it is wildly accepted in America um, because our portions are bigger than everybody else. Our food is highly addictive. There's so many chemicals used in our food that are outlawed everywhere else in the world that unfortunately we're not even incentivized to be healthy people here in America. And I know we have listeners from all over the world, which is super cool. So that's why, um, you know, I'm going to Israel in a couple weeks after, um, at the time of this recording, and this will come out probably actually when I'm in Israel. So hello. But uh, everybody talks about the food over there and how amazing it is and just how amazing you feel. You know, you're walking everywhere. The weather is beautiful. And there really is something to that because mental and emotional health is so incredibly tied to your physical health. And so um, kind of jumping to the end of the story and then we can kind of get into the the in-between is that uh, it took about a year and a half for me to have my first bit of starting the recovery process, right? Like really having freedom in that area. And I'll never forget, it was Thanksgiving of 2013, I believe, 2012 or 2013. It'd be 2013. Yeah. Cause I came home year after college, like 2012. And, um, I looked at my food and I finally felt nothing like for the first time. And it was Thanksgiving of all days, which meant so much to me that I, I wasn't addicted to food anymore because binge eating disorder is an addiction to food. It's an addiction to control really at the end of the day. And I, of course, didn't understand the Enneagram back then. I didn't understand that as an Enneagram eight personality type, that control is everything to me. Like when I feel out of control, it is like every red flag, every red alarm, every bell and whistle is going off on the inside of me. And that's why with all of our coaching programs, whether it's in sales or whether it's in pageant coaching, we start off with your identity. We start off with who are you? How did God make you? What's your natural hardwiring? So that you you can actually understand what your pitfalls are, what your fight or flight mechanisms are. And you know what happens when you are feeling at the top of your game and what do you do? How do you react? What's going through your mind? What's triggering you when you're in the basement of your personality, right? And what that enabled me to do, I, I started studying Myers-Briggs and the DISC assessment and a bunch of these other things. It was really cool how God was already, you know, because of how he made me, which is somebody who's called to to um, gather people and uh, really apostle them, like raise them to a new standard and dig the ground and then show people the way that's possible. And, but I didn't believe in myself right at that moment. And so, but, but that was still always the call in my life. And I just feel led to say this to somebody today, you know, even if you're in a position right now that you don't feel like you're a 10 out of 10, or you don't feel like you're confident in yourself, or you're not walking in a season where you're your most confident self. That doesn't change the call of God in your life. And what's so cool is that God takes broken pieces and broken people and and really makes something beautiful. And he'll always give you a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. If you're walking through a heavy season or a transitional season, you know, he used people over and over and over, David, Moses, all these different people, um, Noah, Abraham, that were the unlikely candidate, um, JL, Esther, all these different wonderful Deborah, you know, who was a one of the first female judges in the Bible. So freaking cool. But people that were, you know, normal people um, by, by any sense of the word, right. Or the smallest or the most unlikely person. And so I think, you know, a huge part of my healing was that um, first and foremost, and I've said this before, I, I really had to allow God into every single part of my journey. And I know there's some people who listen to the podcast who aren't Christians, and that's totally fine. I hope that you can still est- extract the truth from this and apply it to your life. But I was reading my Bible every day. I definitely had a relationship with the Lord. I had a great um, community even around me in terms of my family. But of course, at school, I was totally rebuilding my community, which is a huge foundational part of why all of our programs at the base level, you get Powerhouse Club included with it. 
because community is so, so, so important. You guys, you can't expect to reach new goals. You can't expect to do hard things alone. Like just why put that pressure on yourself? Why make it 10 times harder on yourself that you have this giant goal. You're here. You need to be here. It feels like you're in the valley and you got to get to the mountain. Oh, and by the way, just do it on your own. Just figure it out by yourself. Right? No. Like why, why would you hold yourself to that kind of a standard? You know, you don't expect yourself to raise yourself. A baby doesn't learn how to feed itself and change its own diaper. Right. And so if you feel like you're an infant or you're at the beginning of your journey for something that seems very, very far off, you need community. You need mentorship. You probably need fathering and mothering in your life in some capacity. Right. So when I finally allowed, first of all, step one, backtracking, I, I realized that I, I hit the bottom. And when you hit the bottom, you figure out who the rock is at the bottom. One of my mentors, Real Talk Kim, said that. And for me, the rock is Jesus, right? And so I had to admit to myself that I wasn't allowing the Lord to speak into this area of my life. And when I wasn't truthful and honest, totally honest, totally full surrender about this area of my life, he couldn't do anything with it, right? If I don't give it to God, then I'm doing it in my own strength. If I don't let community around me and facilitate the efforts of many, then I have only the efforts of one. And that's a lot harder, right? They say, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. I actually don't agree with that. I think that if you want to go slow, you go alone. If you want to go fast and far, you go together. I've seen that proven time and time and time again, every mentorship I've invested in, every mastermind I've invested in, you know, my husband and I just got back from Florida last week at the current mastermind that I'm in. That will take years years off my entrepreneurial journey because I'm open and I take action on everything that smart people tell me to do <laughs> that are farther along in the journey, right? That that my problems seem easy to them. My things that I want to scale and grow in seem totally easy to them because they've already gotten those results. So why do we not apply that same principle to our weight? Well, here's a couple things. Um, number one, there's probably limiting mindsets going on. I think, you know, I've been here so many times, you guys, where I've just accepted that, well, this is just the way that my body is. And, or number two, I can't possibly eat less because I'll starve. And I make all these excuses, these agreements with myself of like, well, I couldn't possibly do this or I'm just stuck. Right. And I, I accept what is rather than what could be. You say that here, I'll say that again. I accepted what is instead of what could be. And hope deferred makes the heart sick. Just being completely honest. Right. So going back to that, I had to let God into that part of my life. Then number two, um, we have several sub points here, clearly. (laughs) So that was like one and then point one and two of point one, right? So number two um, is that I had to start taking action in that area. I had to allow what I wanted to line up with what I was doing, right? I had to be totally honest with myself. Megan, you were eating more than was necessary. Megan, you were eating when you were bored. Megan, you were eating, insert emotional thing here all the time. I was storm eating. Um, I just studied this. And now, of course, I can't think of them when it matters. But there's like four or five different kinds of eating. There's boredom eating. There's storm eating. Um, there, There's mindful eating, which is good, right? And a bunch of different things. And basically, I realized um, that number three, I needed to just set up some simple frameworks for myself 
that would be a domino effect. We do the one thing challenge in powerhouse club every single year, um, that were a domino effect to other positive things. So a lot of times I tell people just start with drinking a gallon of water a day and have a cutoff of when you stop eating. So like eight o'clock when I did 75 hard with my husband last year, um, that's what we would do. We actually said everything's on the table, but you just can't eat after eight o'clock. And it was amazing how I cut off. I cut out like 500 calories a day just by not eating after eight o'clock. It was insane. And then because I I started, stopped eating earlier, I went to bed earlier, another positive habit stack. And then I didn't want to get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, even though I was drinking a lot of water. So I would get my water done earlier, right? Third habit stack. And, um, and then I let people into the journey, which is number four. So I went from having a panic attack, anger fit, whenever my mom would try and say anything about my weight, because I was so insecure about it. I would just immediately lash out. I would immediately get defensive. I would immediately treat it like a level 12 response, right? Cause all those alarm bells were going off and I needed healing. When you have a childlike response to something of a tantrum or, you know, a crying fit or whatever it is, there needs to be healing you guys. And so you have to find the root of what, like what made that that way in the first place. Right. So I had to go back and I had to look back and I had to think about, okay, well, you know, you've been kind of being judged for your weight since you were 11 years old and you started modeling and your mom was a model and you've always been categorized as the tall skinny girl. So then all of a sudden when you weren't the tall skinny girl, that affected some things, right? Then I had to go another layer deeper and realize that most people are raised with five to 10 emotions. They actually understand and me processing discomfort was not one of them, was not one of the ones I had a skill set in that I knew how to handle. And, you know, I had two choices in that moment. I could just say, oh, well, I'm broken and I'm never going to be fixed. And thank God I didn't do that. Um, I said, okay, well, I need to ask the right question. How, how do I grow this? How do I figure out disappointment? How do I figure out shame and discouragement and not being proud of myself? How do I handle not achieving things as expected? How do I handle not being seen as first place? And what are the things that are pouring those emotions into my emotional funnel, which then gets clogged up, which then I eat because of that? And I had to figure out how to stop those things from clogging that funnel, that emotional filter, if you will. Um, I talk about that inside of um, our academies is everybody has a size of filter that certain emotions fit in and some don't. And so you want to expand that filter as much as you can, because then more things can come through it and more things can be processed and then you don't get blocked up and then you explode or you retreat, you isolate, you know, you do whatever, right? You can stop a lot of those fight or flight mechanisms. And so that was a journey and that took um, definitely longer than a year, but it was a year that a year, year and a half, you know, ish, cause it was summer to Thanksgiving and, um, and then plus a year. And I looked down at my food and I was like, oh my gosh, I feel nothing for like the first time that I can remember. I don't feel compelled to finish the food. I don't feel shame that I'm not finishing the food. And, um, my leptin and ghrelin levels were restored because of my mental health was improving. And I actually like felt full because I would eat past full all the time. And when you do that, it ruins your leptin ghrelin levels, uh, leptin and ghrelin, hor- or I think they're hormones levels that tell you when you're full, tell you when you're satisfied. Right. And even though eating to way past the point of fullness was like the most excruciating, shameful, horrible feeling in the world, I'd still do it because it's just a habit. Right. 
So I really had to peel back all the layers, get really honest with myself and figure out how to emotionally support myself through hard things. It was super, super, super important. And when I did that, I proved to myself that I could get through harder things, tougher things. And I really started to build my emotional backbone for everything else that I would go through in the future. And so, um, you know, key takeaways today, go back and listen to this. And those four things that I mentioned, those are really, really important, you guys. And just to kind of summarize this all up in the end, I promise you that you're not stuck the way that you are. Um, What it's looked like in the nine years after that is maintenance, right? Like I obviously competed for Miss America after that. And then seven years later, competed for Miss USA, right? On stage, putting myself out there, putting myself in a swimsuit, achieving goals for a specific purpose. And my goodness, there there have been emotional ups and downs along that journey. You know, recovery isn't linear, just like life isn't linear. Life is good. Life is bad. Life is in between. And so I just want to encourage you guys, It's, it's especially since most of y'all are in your 20s, but regardless of whether you're going through a life life cycle change, I think your body changes every five years or so. Um, you know, life is is proven to change. They say it's like a seven year cycle in marriage and in jobs. You know, different things kind of between that range. And so, um, just let it happen. You know, let let transition happen and reassess for the new season what it might need to look like for the new season. Do I need to change my habits because I changed jobs and now I was working out in the morning and now that doesn't work for me. So I need to figure out another time that works for me, right? Um, When you go through different seasons or you, you move or you get into a new relationship, you really need to reassess your priorities and make sure that the things that are important to you have a space in your life. And that because if everything's a priority, nothing's a priority. You know, when I was traveling back and forth all last year, um, um, before I got married to my husband, then my my habits had to look very different, right? Because when I'm trying to find time to see him, when we'd have date nights on Tuesdays and I'm driving back and forth and it's an hour each way, right? I even adjusted like, oh, this is when I'm going to have my podcast time because I have an hour drive, right? So I'm going to save the things that I want to listen to or whatever for in the car. I'd have to get creative about my gym time and when he'd come see me, right? Because if we're going to prioritize relationship and time together, then that has to take the spot of something else, right? And you have to communicate with yourself and with others for each of those seasons to make sure that you can be successful. So um, thanks for letting me share my journey of kind of the how I've gotten through my emotional eating disorder. Um, I am happier and healthier than I've ever been with my weight. You know, I got married and uh, that was a beautiful journey too. And I just really want to encourage you guys to figure out what your health journey needs to look like for your lifestyle and make sure that what you're doing is a is something that can be maintained even outside of your current goal, right? We have to turn up that dial, turn down the dial for different goals for specific seasons. But I really want to encourage you to make sure that once that season's over, you're reassessing just like you annual plan, right? The end of the year, beginning of the year, we set new goals, we adjust things, make sure you're doing that for your physical, mental, and emotional health as well. And asking the right questions for your overall wellness and for your sustainability so that, um, you can just be an overall healthy person. Like life is about so much more than looking amazing in a swimsuit on TV, right? And while that has a certain purpose for a specific time period, when that's done, you really need to figure out, okay, why do I want to be this weight? Why, you know, why do I want to go to the gym five days a week? Is it because I feel like I have to? 
Or is it because I feel like that would genuinely make the rest of my life healthier and I feel better when I get those endorphins and I go to the gym, right? Like I go to the gym now because yes, I have a certain look that I want to maintain. I want to look nice for my husband. I I don't want to feel, um, you know, when I hold an extra five or 10 pounds, my clothes don't fit and I just feel puffy and I don't like that kind of inflammatory feeling. And I had to really figure out what that why was for me that made me put forth more of that effort so that I would change my habits, right? Because if I don't have a strong why, my habits are very, very, very ingrained. Um, and they're not going to change easily, right? Especially as we get older. So figure out that really big why of why this means something to you enough to change your habits, get community and mentorship around you, invest in yourself. I encourage you to invest in trainers and nutritionists. We have, um, very, very, very excellent people that we can, um, send you to. We have a couple different people just that honestly, you'll pick one or the other based off of personality and just kind of, you can look at their programs. Um, and this is not an endorsement for anybody. I'm just very protective of anybody in our community to make sure that they're in good hands because physical and mental health go so much together, right? So if you want those resources, feel free to reach out to us at powerhouse pageantry on Instagram. We'll be happy to connect you with those resources. And I wish you all a very, very great next year of wellness. Um, Join the Powerhouse Club if you have not already. And my last announcement is that we have an amazing Winter Mastermind coming up February 3rd through 5th in Omaha, Nebraska. It's going to be a winter wonderland. Our theme is Winter Wonderland, W-I-N. And we're going to be doing master classes, a full mock pageant. Um, we've got some really fun just decor. It's going to be a pink wonderland. My dream's coming true. You'll get to work with Coach Allie and myself personally. And we're going to have breakout sessions and just nothing that the pageant world has ever seen before. You're going to get to go through every phase of competition and really, really up-level and master your skill set. Like I said earlier, you need to get in the room where it happens. You need to surround yourself with community of people who have already been where you want to go. Coach Allie and I have been where you want to go. Just two months ago as of late, or even less than that, Allie just got third and up at a national pageant. Like We know what to do to get you from where you are to where you want to be. And there's a difference between coaches that can get you from a D to a B or an A to an A+. Plus, okay, It's much, much, much harder to get somebody from an A to an A plus, right? Top five to winner than it is to just get somebody from brand new to maybe making the top 15, right? So just something to consider. We have different levels um, and it's a different cost for everybody based off of how closely you're in our organization. So definitely book a strategy call to figure that out. Tell us that you're interested in the mastermind or send us a quick DM on Powerhouse Pageantry on our Instagram and we'll make sure that you can get a spot. There's only 20 spots available. We want to keep this small and it's going to be life transformative. If you have been asking for this linchpin, that other thing that's going to really excel you forward because you're serious about winning winning this year, you need to be there. Okay. So consider this your sign. Do not delay. I promise you this will be life-changing for you. And I can't wait to see you there. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you guys next week. so much for listening to this episode. This is Coach Megan. And uh, I just wanted to say it is 2023 in terms of the next pageant season. And we have so many new things going on at Powerhouse. We have a new brand. We have new logos. We have a new website. We have new resources for you. So make sure that you click the link below. If you are not already part of the Powerhouse Club, figure out how you can save $300 per month and $700 overall by joining the best world-class pageant training in the world that you cannot get anywhere else. Intrigued? Click the link below and we can't wait to see you. Thanks for listening to this episode and we will see you next week.